You're listening to the God, God Life Culture, Culture Podcast, Podcast, where faith and what's trending collide. Welcome, welcome back to the latest episode of the God Life Culture Podcast. This is Eddie. What's up, everyone? This is Miguel, and we are so thankful that you are tuned in for another episode of the God Life Culture Podcast. If this is your first time listening, welcome. Welcome to the God Life Culture Podcast. We pray that you are blessed by our conversations and that if this is your first time listening, that you go back and check out all of our previous episodes. We want to remind you to take a moment right now to hit that subscribe button so you can be notified when we drop a new episode. And don't forget, to leave us that review, leave us that rating. It helps put our podcast in front of more and more people so we can have more listeners being blessed by our conversations. Thank you to all of you who have already subscribed, those of you who share our podcast, those of you who follow us on all our social media. We appreciate it. Eddie, how are you feeling today? Today, we're feeling successful. We're feeling great. We're feeling just ready to just uh, jump into today's episode, which we're going to be doing something a little different, uh, actually a little bit exciting. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it because I think it's going to be a very interesting conversation. I'm just I'm just anxious. I'm just ready to jump into it. How are you and everything uh, that's going on in your end? Yeah, everything is going great. Uh, like you said, uh, we have, you know, some exciting things uh you know, uh, that we're going to do today, right? And talk about in conversation. We have exciting things happening on the podcast and things we're working on and special guests that are, you know, confirming with us. We're setting up dates and all of that for interviews. So we're, uh, I'm very excited. I know you're excited as well. Uh, So this is, it's, it's a great opportunity. I'm thankful that we get to do this. Yeah, and thankful for everyone who has been a willing participant to join us um, on our episodes as well. You know, these conversations have been interesting. They have been exciting. You know, there's always, you know, every conversation is different. I don't think we've ever had a conversation with someone and then had the exact same conversation with our next guest. You know, everyone always brings something a little different to the conversation, um, you know, which is always cool and, you know, keeps us on our toes because we don't know where, you know, even though we may have our set of questions that we are planning on asking, uh, but depending on the direction in which the conversation goes, you know, sometimes there's a lot of other things that come up um, and we find ourselves sometimes wishing we had a little bit more time uh, to dive in deeper to those things. Yeah, for sure. So shout out to all of our guests who have been on the podcast. Uh, and if you've been blessed by one of our guests who have come on, make sure that you let them know, right? Um, hit them up on their social media. Let them know that you heard them or you heard the interview that they had on this podcast. Because again, you know, uh, it definitely just, you know, helps and reinforces everything that we do. So thank you to all of you who are, you know, helping uh, make this podcast even greater and just supporting. So uh, are you ready to get started on this little little word game situation. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, you know, basically our conversation today is going to be led by word association. Um, for those of you that don't, that are not familiar with word association. So basically it's, you know, someone says a word, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of that specific word? And, you know, we're going to do a little bit different because we're actually going to dig a little deeper into that. Um, and, you know, 
have conversations based off of those things that come to our mind in relation to the words that we have sep- uh, we have you know separated. So Miguel has his sets of words that you know he's going to throw at me. I have my sets of words that I'm going to throw at him as well, and you know we'll see where it goes from there. So I'm really excited. So you know whenever you're ready, you can lead the way. All right, here we go. Our first word or your first word for this word association is miracle. Miracle. Funny enough, the first thing that comes to mind when I think of the word miracle is going to sound super mega random, but it's that movie. It's a Christmas movie called Miracle on 34th Street. I don't know if you're familiar with it or not. It's a really old movie. I don't even think I've ever seen the whole thing. I think I've just... You know, it's always something that comes out in the holidays. So that's the first thing um, that I think of when I think of miracle. And I think it's because it's one of my earliest memories, you know, because you know, as a kid, I knew what the word was because it was like when, when something unexpected happens or something that wasn't supposed to happen happens. Um, but then later in life, because of church and your understanding of God and spirituality, you get to really understand and dig deep into the real, you know, fundamental meaning of what an actual miracle is, you know, which is, in my opinion, you know, when God steps in and does the impossible and, you know, I have a long list <laughs> of moments in my life where I have, you know, seen God, seen God's hand move in a miracle, you know, whether it was in the birth of my children or even in our finances, you know, we've, I've, I think I've been very uh, frank and transparent about, you know, certain processes that, you know, my family has gone through years ago in which it was really tough financially. And to see God's hand move in that, um, in that way in our life is something that is a definite miracle and a blessing. But I am from the belief, which is going to sound really cheesy and really cliche, and you're going to think I'm being like over spiritual about it. Uh, but I am from the belief because every time I pray, you know, I think that the fact that I woke up in the morning, that's a miracle to me. The fact that I'm able to be here and have this conversation with you guys is a miracle to me. I am someone who did not believe I was going to make it past the age of 21. So to be on the brink of my 33rd birthday, that to me is a miracle. Yeah. I love that. And I think, um, you know, it's so funny that you mentioned that movie, Miracle on 34th Street. I remember of another movie growing up on Disney Channel. (laughs) It was a Disney Channel original movie. It was called Full Court Miracle, right? And there's like a bunch of movie titles with the word miracle in it, right? Um, And I think, like you said, I think growing up, you have a certain idea, mentality, and knowledge of what a word means. But as you grow older and have experiences and, you know, continue in this journey of life, that word takes on a whole new meaning, right? And, uh, you know, when I think of that word miracle, I think of that song by Tasha Cobbs that says, there's a miracle in this room. Yep. with my name on it, right? And it's almost like you said, when every time you pray, you just thank God for the fact that you woke up, right? That's a miracle. And I think that oftentimes we we can forget that when we go you know, to church, right? That uh, in that room, there is a miracle that is waiting for us. And I think oftentimes we think of miracles as these huge things and events that take place. And although that is true, right? Where we could see people healed of disease and people healed and set free of so many different things and miracles happening right before our eyes. I think that there are also like, you know, what you pointed out, miracles that we 
may experience on a daily basis, right? Yeah. That we don't even, uh, you know, take into consideration, whether that is waking up, you know, whether that is having a job, whether that is being able, you know, to have mobility in our hands, in our feet and be able to move. Right. All of those things are miracles. And it brings me also to a recent song from uh you know, the old church basement album by Elevation and Maverick City, which we did speak about a few weeks ago. Um, and I think it's called Million Little Miracles. And mm-hmm. basically in the song, you know, the sing the the singers basically saying, you know, I can't even count them all. You know, yeah. I can't even count all the miracles. So I think if we were to sit back and reflect just on that word miracle, we'd realize that we are miracles, you know, um, just looking yeah. back, even, you know, hearing my mom testify and, you know, talk about when, you know, I was born, being born prematurely and having all these different issues, um, you know, having to be in the hospital where the doctor said I was going to have to be in the hospital for months and I was only in the hospital for like a few days. And, you know, all those things where even from birth, right, uh, you don't sometimes realize how significant your your life is and and you know the miracle of just being brought into these earth and and making it you know so i think that's awesome all right so my word to you first word to you is vulnerability vulnerability that is such a deep word right, <laughs> <laughs> right? i think um you know it's funny cuz when i think of vulnerability I, I like see, I see it not so much Mm -hmm. like have, you know, something like that, but like I get a visual of just being out in like this open field, you know, like you just being there in the middle of nowhere, just completely out in the open and exposed. And, you know, when I think of that word, you know, vulnerability, that's what I think of. I think like, you know, exposure, right. Um, Mm -hmm. Having basically no, uh, no reservations, right? Nothing to cover you, nothing to hide behind. It's you in that moment. Um, you know, when I think of vulnerability, I think of being real and transparent. Um, you know, and in particularly when I think of that word vulnerability or being vulnerable, I immediately kind of think of God's presence, right? Because I think oftentimes mm-hmm. we we often put up our guards, right? We don't like uh, feeling uh, exposed or we don't like feeling, you know, like we're out there in the open in front of everybody, right? We have our reservations. We have our guards up. We have things that we don't like to share with people or that we, you know, we want to put our best foot forward at all times. And when you're vulnerable, you know, you you leave all that behind. And if there's one place that you are free to be vulnerable, if there's one place where you're free to leave all those things behind is in God's presence, you yes. know? And I think when, you know, you look at that word vulnerability in spiritual terms, right? In the, in the, in the idea of leaving all those reservations behind, leaving those things that you know, you hide behind, behind and putting those guards down in God's presence, you know, that's where true miracles, right? Going back to miracles happen, right? (laughs) And I think that we could also look at that word, not in a negative light, but I think also um, when we think of that word vulnerable, we may associate it with like sin, right? And being weak and vulnerable. You know, a lot of times you'll hear phrases like that, like being weak and vulnerable. And, you know, that's kind of like the place where the devil loves to attack you when you're vulnerable, when you're weak and he'll come in and, right? And I think, you know, that definitely has its truth. Um, But right from the bat, you know, when I think of that word vulnerable, it's definitely being um, 
in a place where you're your true self, right? Mm-hmm. You're letting down all of those facades and masks and things that you hide behind. And ultimately being in God's presence, allowing him to see the real you, allowing him to see who you really are, right? And hoping and in that moment for that transformation to happen. Uh, yeah, what do you I- think? I think that I mean I'm I'm very similar to you in the sense that I'm a visual person. So I also get a visual when I think of vulnerability, uh but to me it's more like a spotlight. It's like being on the stage, everyone is looking at you, the light is on you, and similar to the um the idea of uh fight or flight, I think that when it comes to vulnerability, you either have the ability to tap into fear or to tap into freedom, you know, because in moments of vulnerability, we can just be like, this is not, I I just, I feel highly uncomfortable. I don't want to go down that route. I don't want to say that. I don't want to express myself or I don't want to put myself in that position. And you allow fear to take over, which means that you don't take that leap of faith. You just run away from it. And, you know, that can, you know, that could relate itself to so many different things, to conversations, to opportunities, to, you know, taking a, making a decision. You know, there's times where we go down the route of fear, but in the same sense, in that moment when that spotlight is on you and you're feeling vulnerable, you have the opportunity to choose freedom, which is to choose to express yourself, to choose to make that decision, to choose to, if we get into the spiritual as well, to allow God to enter into those dark places in our hearts that many times we want to you know, act like we can hide it from him and to not express what we're really feeling and the things that we really want God to help us with and to like tap into and all the other stuff, you you know, that is there's true freedom in that as well, because when you are able to open up yourself to others or to take that leap of faith or to take that chance with that, you know, opportunity or that idea that's been festering in you. But you're just so afraid of whether or not you should try to execute it or not. We find true freedom. You know, so when I think of vulnerability, I think of we're either going to you either go down the route of fear or you go down the route of freedom. Yeah, I love that. I think um, I like that. It's interesting how you uh, associated vulnerability with freedom, right? Because I think oftentimes many people kind of put those things separately, right? Yeah. I love that. Love that. All right. So your next word is, (laughs) here we go, relevant. 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 I think that in the age of social media, a lot of people are trying to be relevant, stay relevant. Um, and you know, that can manifest itself in many different ways. You know, we speak about it a lot of times that with the social and political climate that we're facing in the United States at the moment, and even globally, you know, there are a lot of people that, you know, kind of have their finger on the pulse and maintain a sense of relevancy by being part of the conversation, being part of what's, what's happening politically or socially in our community, in your states, in our country. Um, and, you know, on a more like simplistic, you know, view when it comes to like relevancy um, to me, because I'm pretty sure you may have a completely different uh, take on that. Um, when I think of relevancy, I think it's about being aware on what's happening around you. You know, you can't you can't operate in like if we take this into ministry, you know, you can't operate effectively in ministry if 
You know what? I'm thinking about the word wrong. I'm going. <laughs> I was about to go down this whole tangent that was not even associated with the word. <laughs> <laughs> but your mind brought you there, right? But my mind brought me somewhere that I it was. I'm gonna just keep that. I'm going to save that in my pocket because yes. <laughs> I was about to go down this whole other thing. Um, but when it comes to relevancy, I think, you know, when I was, what I was saying before, too, is that there is there are people that, that strive um, for that, you know, to be relevant, to be, you know, um, in the know and to be in that area. Why do I feel like I am thinking of the word incorrectly? When you think of relevant, what is it that comes to mind for you? Um, so I definitely agree though with what you're saying because I was going to say that it's someone that's aware of the climate around them someone that's aware of their environment aware of events that are taking place right and able to relate right yeah all right so I was was going down the right thing okay okay continue continue sorry yeah no so just someone who is able to then because of their awareness they're able to relate right yes um and I think oftentimes this word relevant when you think of it it can have a negative connotation especially within church and ministry because I think we associate it with you know uh what's secular or maybe what's worldly right so when we think of relevant like you know the church has to be relevant or the gospel is relevant right how do we make this relevant and people kind of throw that word around a lot of people don't like that right don't like the the word but i think again it's the idea of you know what was trending 20 years ago is not trending today what was popular 20 years ago is not popular today so you know it's the same gospel same message but the strategies are different. The methods are different. The way we reach people have changed. You know what? And, you know, um, there was no social media, you know, many years ago. There were no podcasters many years ago, right? So ministry and things like that, the way we reach people were done differently. So when I think of the word relevant, I really do think about being aware, but being able through that awareness to, with your biblical worldview and foundation, be able to relate to the people around you. Yeah. Interestingly enough, uh, T.D. Jakes wrote a, he wrote a new book called Don't Drop the Mic. And, you know, I really liked the idea of the book. It's basically, um, you know, he's considered like a legend when it comes to like preaching and and communicating. And he gave wrote this book basically to the younger generation. Right. And telling the younger generation not to drop the mic. Right. And, you know, not to give up on their walk, not to give up in communicating. And basically, if you're going to grab onto that mic and you want that mic, the mic is heavy. So you're going to have to deal with a lot of things. But one of the things that he says that he gets asked all the time is how he maintains himself so relevant. How is he in an interview with The Breakfast Club, right? Then he's with Stephen Furtick. And then he goes to Joel Osteen. And then he's out in the streets doing ministry. And then he's in, you know, on CNN. And then he's over here. And then he's in the, like, how do you go to all those different spaces and be effective, Dr. Phil, you know? And then you're invited on. So it's not like he's, you know, going around intruding. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He's invited on these platforms to speak. And these people that interview him, whether, you know, they're more urban, whether they're more, you know, uh, you know, um, the opposite of urban, (laughs) urban, but more conservative. Right. Or more, you know, liberal, whatever it is. It's like he's able to operate in those spaces. And one of the things that he says is, you know, as a speaker and communicator and especially as a believer and Christian, you must find the way to relate to the people that you're speaking to, knowing your audience, you know, so the same 
examples you use on the breakfast club, you know what I mean? You're not going to use maybe on, you know, the pulpit in a more conservative church, right? The same way you're on Dr. Phil, you're probably not going to say certain things that you would have said on the breakfast club. So like, you know, again, and he focused, which is what I loved in the sense of it's not a different gospel. It's not a different message, you know, so we're, we, we say the same things. Our hearts are the same and the, and the truth behind what we're saying is there. It's just the strategy and the method that we use to deliver the message is different. So when yeah. I think of relevant, you know, I think of one, we have to be, you know, in order to really reach people in this day and age, I believe that the gospel is relevant today, yeah. right? And that there's so many biblical principles and things in the Bible that, you know what, today hold truth and hold worth and value. And I think that our job, especially as believers and Christians and those who have platforms, whether you have, you know, 20 followers on social media or you have a podcast or a YouTube channel, whatever it is, you know, how are you reaching this generation? How are you reaching those people who may not, you know, want to step foot into a church? How are you delivering yep. these messages? And in order to be super effective in these areas, you have to be relevant. Yeah. And listen, talking about, you know, being people, you know, like listening to your own advice. I had a moment of vulnerability and I chose fear over freedom because I got nervous and I was like, man, am I talking about the wrong thing? But what I was going to say that I put to the side, which is what you hit on the on the head, which is that in ministry, there is a, a need to be relevant and to understand what's happening. Let's say if it's a men's ministry to understand what's happening in your, in the lives of the men in your ministry in 2021, because if you used to be a leader for a men's ministry leader back in 1973, you know, there's certain, there's a lot of things that has changed. So there are tactics that have to be implemented differently. You know, the same thing goes for the youth. The same thing goes for the children doing children's ministry in 2021 is different than doing children's ministry when I was a kid between the uh, the years of, what was that, 1988 through 90-something, I don't know, or whatever. You know, it's, it's different. And if you don't have your finger on the pulse of being relevant and understanding what's happening in the culture and in the people around you in the moment, it's going to be difficult for you to be effective in whatever field that is. Um, so now moving on to the, is it my turn to go? Yes. Is your turn. Um, yeah. Because I could to go. go off on another <laughs> tangent about what you just said. But, <laughs> but say it. Yes, no, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, okay. no, no, so, no. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> so the next word for you is ambition. Ambition, ambition, ambition. When I think of ambition, I think of drive. Okay. So I think of having a a a drive within you, having a a uh, passion within you, a fire within you that propels you forward, that makes you move forward, right? Um, you know, towards a goal. When I think of ambition, I oftentimes also um, think of motive, right? So what is your motive? So what is pushing you forward? What is that drive? Um, and again, I feel like all of these words have both a positive right yes. light and a negative light because i think oftentimes too when we hear the word ambition it can be used in a negative way right yeah um when people are way too ambitious or people have ambition and their ambition kind of takes over which you know again if you're not checking your motivation behind your ambition 
that can definitely happen. You know, um, there have been moments where I've definitely have to stop and check myself and be like, okay, why am I doing that? You know, okay, why am I going to post that? Okay, why do I want that opportunity? And, you know, why am I working towards this? And it's good to do that because, again, it keeps you in check. It keeps you um, on your toes as far as, again, why are you doing what you're doing? You know, if the passion, the drive, and the motivation behind that ambition is simply for you to be recognized, for you to be accepted, for you to be welcomed into a certain group of people or club or society or something like that, then you're off. You know what I mean? And your motives are off. So I think, you know, ambition is a good thing. I think that it's something, you know, we should have ambition, we should have drive, we should have, you know, goals and things that we set in our minds. Um, But like anything, even those things need to have its place and need to be tamed and controlled. Yeah, and I agree with you. I think there are definitely certain words that for some reason or another skew to the side of being negative because... In my experience, when using the word ambitious ambitious, or to someone having ambition in a way to describe someone, it's kind of like in, in a way trying to say someone is aggressive. Like, you know, they're, they're aggressively pursuing something and it's always like this negative, you know, thing about it. But in reality, ambition is can be um, simplified to hustle, drive, someone who has a plan, someone who knows what they want and know that it's going to take effort and time and energy, bless what and tears, as some may say, in order to achieve that goal. And they're not willing to, to let, you know, any obstacle, you know, deter them from that. And in reality, we need more ambition in our life in a way, you know, because there are a lot of things that do come up. You know, there are a lot of obstacles or curveballs or situations that we didn't plan for that, you know, kind of seem like, oh, this is impossible. It's trying to stop certain things from happening. But when you're someone who is like, no, I have a goal and I want to do this because I want to be successful or I want this particular thing to grow or I want God to use me in this particular area. And in order for that to happen, you know, I need to put in the time and the energy and the work to cultivate that within myself. You know, that is great. And it will, unfortunately. Unfortunately, have certain people looking at you like, yo, why are you going so hard for that? Or, or like, you know, why are you like so dedicated? Like, chill, it's not that serious. You're still young. You have time. And, you know, people try to give you advice that sometimes they think is good advice when in reality it's not. And the reason for that is because sometimes your own ambition is reminding them of their lack thereof, you know, mm-hmm. which then what is what is where the negative connotation for ambition comes from. Mm. That's good. Write that down. (laughs) We needed a minute to marinate in that because it's so true. It's so true. And I think, um, you know, there are those people and those individuals who I think lack ambition. Right. And I think a lot of times I wonder if it's because, like you said, they think it's a negative thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Or they think that as Christians or believers, they shouldn't have those things right in their in mind or or have those goals or, or something like that. But then, you know, you do get those individuals who have ambition, but don't take the steps forward, you know, for whatever reason, whether it is, you know, um, fear of, you know, being vulnerable or, you know, not believing in miracles or, you know. Um, not being relevant, <laughs> you know, but it, it's true. I, I, I feel that. All right. Your word. Are you ready? Yes. This is your last word. Oh, okay. So, okay. Here we go. 
circles. Okay. So the first thing that jumped into my mind is a song. Is a really? Disney song. Oh, yeah. okay. Never mind. <laughs> no, where, are you thinking about like, uh, well, who's it? Jonathan McReynolds has a song. Was it Circles or Cycles? I may be confusing cycles. it. I don't know. Cycles. cycles. Um, but no, I, I don't know. It goes back to my childhood. The Circle of Life. The Lion yes. King. That's the first thing. When I think of Circle, that's the first thing that comes to mind. When I think of Circle, I also think of the shape. Um, and, you know, I think of a wedding ring. Um, the symbol of a wedding ring um, is because it has no end. It's eternal. So when you think of a circle, you think eternity, if you want to get like super like philosophical about it. But when I really break it down and I ponder on it, when I think of circle, I think of circle of friends. I think about your inner circle. I think about your people. I think about your tribe, however you want to call it, um, the people that you surround yourself with. And similar to the word circle, I, I th- opposite actually to maybe the other words we've spoken about. I don't think circle has a negative connotation. If anything, whenever you use the word circle, it's kind of like to identify. Mm, I can think of one thing. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So have you ever heard of like, or anyone say, or maybe you, at one time, you know, you felt like, I feel like I'm going in circles. Like oh, what okay. people say, like, okay, no, yes. like that, you know, like that kind of expression of like going in circles, doing the same thing over and over again, or not being That's able to true. come out of something. Thing. That was the most negative they, thing I could think of. But that's because they lack ambition, and <laughs> you know, because let me stop. <laughs> right, but I I like what you said about the circle of life, right, and the idea yeah. of also the the wedding ring. I, yeah. I think so when it, yeah. So when it, circle, that's what that brings to me. Like for for me, circle does not bring forth a negative thing it's you know a, a really early childhood memory the circle of life which is a really good song which in reality when you think about the actual song the circle of life is speaking about birth from birth all the way to death and how you know we're born into this world and we grow up and you know we die and our body goes back into the to the earth and then you know that brings you know grass and trees and you know that whole idea of it so you know the whole idea of, of completion in a way that's me. I don't know. What do you think? All right. So I thought of a song too, but the only reason why I thought of this song is because it recently came out. Uh, it was a project that came out not too long ago. And um, I heard the song and it's actually the title of the album as well, Circles. And I was, you know, just kind of intrigued by it. I'm one of those people that uh, song titles and album titles, like, you know, I'm always like, I wonder what they were, you know, like thinking about when, you know, they put that out there. But uh, Dante Bo uh, put an album out. He's on, you know, he's on the whole Maverick City uh uh, crew group right and yeah. um put out an album not too long ago called circles and a song and basically the song is really powerful it talks about how um whether we believe it or not or or acknowledge it or not everyone has a story to tell involving circles and that's kind of like the whole theme of it so he goes through different emotions that people feel right whether it's ups and downs nights where people cry um and all these things you know then he goes into like high moments as well and high points in people's lives and how our god is a god of the circles right so and it's so true when you think of our life our life is filled you know with ups it's filled with downs our life is filled with um, you know, happy moments, sad moments, it's filled with highs, it's filled with lows, but life kind of keeps going. You yeah. know what I mean? And when you think of God and who he is, he remains consistent 
in each of those areas of our lives and each of those times in our lives. You know, so when we feel like we're going in circles and we feel like life is a circle and we're constantly kind of in this, you know, wave and kind of in the same, you know, uh, this almost cycle, right? Where it just keeps going. Um, you know, our God is there and he's a God of the circles, the God of the ups and downs, the God, you know, of our trials. And, you know, one of the lines that I really like is we can't escape the circle, you know, which again, being a visual person, um, I think of like a roller coaster in a way. And imagine if the roller coaster was just a circle, right? There's like nothing else happening. It's just going around and it goes around and around and around and, and that's it. You can't really escape it. So it's this idea, you know, I guess it's more not on the negative side, but a little bit more on, you know, the darker side of a circle, right? The idea <laughs> of it keeps going, right? And doesn't have an end. And, you know, our life, obviously, um, again, is filled with all of these different emotions and feelings and moments where we need God to be heavily involved and heavily a part of our circle, yeah. you know, in our circle, around our circle and, you know, all of that. So. I like that. Cool. All right. So my last word for you is regret. Regret. So this is a good one. So I think the first thing I think of when I think of regret is, I've I've said it before, I'm a high school English teacher in 11th grade. One of the things that we read, we read a short story uh, by Kate Chopin, and it's called Regret. And it's basically about this woman who, uh, you know, she's up there in age already. She's single. She has not married. She does not have any kids. And the book and the book basically specifies and highlights how she hadn't yet regret, regret that decision, right? She hadn't lived to regret it yet. And, um, you know, all of a sudden one day her neighbor comes, she has an emergency in town. She has to leave and she drops off her four kids at this woman's home and she has to now take care of them. And she's kind of have, has, you know, these four kids in her home, doesn't know, you know, their habits, doesn't know their routines. They're going crazy. They're messing up her garden. They're messing up her home. They're crying. She doesn't know how to put them to sleep, all these things. But then day two comes around and it's the same thing, but it, you know, she's kind of developing a rhythm and then day three comes around and day four. And, you know, by the end of it, she's beginning to grow some love and attachment to these children, you know, and by the end of, you know, the story, the neighbor comes back home, uh, picks up the children, they leave. And this woman is left by herself in her home where before at the beginning of her, of the story, you know, it was her and her dog and she was completely happy, satisfied, not filled with regret. But at the end of the story, it's once again, her and her dog by herself and she's filled with regret. And one of the details of the story that I love is, you know, her dog basically is licking her hand for attention and acknowledgement and she doesn't give him any attention and she's just kind of there soaking in regret and I think, you know, it's a, it's an old story and a classic story that I think um, the truth is relevant today. You know, <laughs> the idea that, uh, you know, we may we may live our life and not have any regrets or not really leave room for regret. Right. But at one point or another, I think regret will come knocking on our door, whether it's a decision we should have made, something we should have done, something we shouldn't have done, something, an opportunity that we should have taken, but because of fear and all of those things we didn't, um, or whether it's an opportunity that we never sought after, 
right? Or a step we've never taken. And I think that we will all face regret, but it's our job not to sit in regret. You know what I mean? So it's like, let you know, feel it. You know what I mean? Feel the feeling, feel the emotion, you know, acknowledge that regret is there. But at the same time, we can't sit in it because I think then by sitting in regret, you know, things begin to die Mm -hmm. because we begin to realize, you know, maybe that opportunity, we did miss out on it. Maybe we shouldn't have made those decisions. Maybe, you know what, you're right. You shouldn't have done that. Or you should have done that. Or you should have called that person. Or you shouldn't have just left and picked up your stuff and bounced. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that that definitely opens up a door for you to go down this dark path of blaming and and blaming yourself or maybe others. And, you know, regret is ugly. I think it's one of those things that um, it's a feeling and emotion that we have at one point or another that can either, you know, uh, cause us to reflect and then like shake us up a bit and then mm-hmm. move forward mm-hmm. or it can definitely debilitate and weaken us to the yes. point where we 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 don't want to move forward and we don't want to continue yeah you know interestingly enough the first one of the first things that comes to mind with the word regrets is the tattoo that some people get that says no regrets but then the word regret is spelled incorrect <laughs> so it's like no regrets mm. um and when I think of regrets, and it's very parallel, similar um, to what you're saying, is that we have to look at it from the perspective of be- of regrets being life lessons, because there are experiences in which we partook in or did not partake in that now we feel bad about. But when you take on the perspective of looking at regrets as a life lesson and not a state of being, then we understand that we're not supposed to be living in that regret. It's a life lesson. You take from it, you know, whether or not it was an opportunity that you didn't take that you should have, or whether or not it was an opportunity that you did take, it didn't work out the way that it was supposed to work out. But now you become a little bit wiser because of it. So regret is something we're all going to feel in one way or another. Some people have regrets over, you know, small little things, excuse me. And then other people have regrets on really like life changing decisions. Um, But, you know, it's very important that you do not allow yourself to sit in that and that that regret be, you know, how now you live your life. You live your life under that cloud. You live your life under that sorrow. You live your life under that feeling of of messing up and feeling like a failure or feeling, you know, like a, a nobody or feeling like a whatever, you know, and it's like, no, you shake that off. You learn from the experience. It didn't work out the way that it should have or the way that you wanted to or the way that you thought it was going to work out. But in reality, now you know better for next time. Um, So, you know, and it's one of those things. It's one of those emotions and those life experiences that is difficult. You know, it's really hard sometimes to explain it to someone unless they themselves have experienced it because it's also something that it's not only that you think about, but it's like sits in your heart. And it's and because it sits in your heart, it's something that's very easy to go back to and to think about and to like kind of like fall in to that quote unquote cycle of, you know, all the like what ifs of, you know, maybe I should have this, maybe I should have did that. If that didn't happen and this and it's just it's not worth it. So remember yeah. that when it comes to regrets, it's a life lesson and not a state of being. Yeah. And I think it's something that's internal. 
right? Yeah. Something we feel internally, but at the same time manifested outwardly, right? Yes. So, you know, it's something we feel on the inside, but it affects everything that we do, you know? So I love that. I love that. It's a life lesson. I really enjoyed this word association. I don't know about you. I think it that was, was fun, really cool. right? And it yeah. went by quick. It went by it did, really, really did. quick. So, yeah. So thank you guys for listening and for tuning in and for sticking with us um, on this. If there are any words that, you know, in one of our future episodes, where it's maybe me and Miguel, or maybe you want us to throw it at one of our guests, you know, DM us, put it on our our latest episode post um, and we'll make a note of it so that we can incorporate it in our upcoming episodes. For sure. And be sure to follow us on our social media at God Life Culture Podcast. We are on Instagram. We are on Facebook. Be sure to subscribe. Leave that review. Leave that rating. We have exciting things coming up, um, you know, on this podcast. We have some more exciting guests. Go back and check out all of our previous episodes. Go all the way back to season one. We have a bunch of episodes from season one um, when we were on SoundCloud, right? Yeah. Doing our thing at the beginning years yeah. back. So definitely go and check out all those episodes and definitely see the progression, see the growth, see the advancements, and we are continuing to push forward. So be sure to uh, subscribe, be sure to follow and share. Share with your friends, share on social media, tag us, let us know you're listening. And um, thank you to all of those who have just, you know, jumped on this podcast and have, uh, you know, just started listening and are binging our episodes, right? Uh, Keep on going. So we want to thank you guys for taking your time to listen to the latest episode of the God Life Culture podcast. That's God God Life Life Culture. Culture. Until next time. See ya. Bye.